from the Funky Town Network. Sponsored by Leaves Book and Tea Shop. Welcome to the Barbershop, where local music people talk about local music stuff. I'm Matthew Burles, your host. I have an excellent panel of guests today, starting on my left with... Hannah, the singer of Yokio. Yes, indeed. We also have... Uh, I'm Patrick Higgins. I'm a freelance writer with the Fort Worth Weekly, and uh, I play in a, a local band, too. Which local band? Uh, we're called Odellatron. That's right. And we also have over here... Um, Will Hancock, um, a songwriter from Fort Worth. Um, I work for a great uh, company here in Fort Worth, uh, Wheelhouse Marketing, mm. and um, yeah. Excellent. Very, very nice. Uh, I wanted to give a couple of uh, mentions. We had a couple of, of uh, local folks pass on here recently, one of which was Paul English, who was uh, Willie Nelson's longtime drummer, who was from Fort Worth, and I felt like it would be uh, remiss of me not to, to give him a, a rest in peace. He was a, he was a fine musician. He even got a song uh, written for him by Willie. Uh, also, a guy named Beard, who was a longtime um, bouncer over in Deep Ellum that uh, had just been there for, I don't think anybody remembered a time when he wasn't there. And so uh, we've, we've kind of lost a few of them locally. And uh, it almost, I wonder sometimes about generational shifts, like in, in music scenes, uh, when some of the older guards start, you know, leaving and the, and the newer ones start picking up. Um, I, my impression is that we've got enough new people that that's not going to be a problem to, to fill. You know, we always have the worries about who's going to fill their shoes and whatnot. But Fort Worth at this time, to me, seems like we've got an awful lot of people coming up. Yeah, uh, I'm for sure. I mean, certain people, you know, it takes longevity to kind of get that uh, yeah. kind of legacy kind of uh, about somebody, um, you know, but I... I don't see any reason why uh, a lot of the talent that's coming up these days can't, you know, achieve that longevity and kind of yeah. take that mantle at some point. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we've got, I mean, I've said this, you know, I grew up around here and, and this is the best time to be in Fort Worth that I can remember yeah. uh, music wise. And I think that's, that's still true. I don't know if that matches your experience. Adapted well, yes. And now yeah. Fort Worth has, you know, some notoriety, right? Know, which I think they always have, but. We got some folks now, who are, who are doing pretty well now. Absolutely, and uh, some folks people we've shared the stage with. You know, right, exactly. Crazy. That's the thing. Like people are like, "Oh yeah," like I, you know, these are people I've been at open mics with Leon and whatnot. You know, so not that yeah. he's not that he's playing the open mics anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> it's still kind of that. And and you know, some of us have been around longer than us. I don't know. You know, you've been in the scene for what? Like two years, years now. now. Two years. Yeah. So like new. you know. Your, your impression of it, I would be curious to get your impression of it as far as like how it yeah. compares to Yeah, um, I mean, I grew up in Fort Worth, but didn't really get into the scene till like two years ago. Um, but I think I've noticed just like the, the, like the mayor and the mayor getting involved and hear Fort Worth and visit Fort Worth being these mm -hmm. programs that want to help mm -hmm. push these artists and creative people in Fort Worth and so I feel like I got lucky like, yeah. sliding in at the right time. Yeah, because that, that did not used to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The city kind of kind of wanted us to go away for a long time because, you know, we we're making a lot of noise and people puking on the no. sidewalks and whatnot and so <laughs> it's kind of gotten a little, the, the governments have gotten a little more friendly with what we're doing even though I must say we still need some good busking uh, uh, Permissions. I know. That's something that is still pretty. Every time I ask people what the busking regulations in Fort Worth are, nobody knows. 
it basically just seems to be up to whatever the particular cop on duty uh, thinks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it never seems I've to really be... Uh, done that, been there years yeah. ago, but it was kind of... There was others doing it. Right. And nobody's ever said anything. Really. Yeah. And that's and that's the thing. Like, if, if you get people who don't care, then that's fine. But sometimes you get the ones who are like, you know, oh, you're bothering the, bothering the businesses or whatnot. Yeah. And there mm-hmm. does never seem to be a clear-cut... Law, law about in it. Austin, <laughs> well, right, right. You know, and maybe that's maybe that's good that we don't have one because maybe it would be restrictive. I don't know, uh, but it always seems to me like that's one of the things. As yeah, I think we uh, to a certain degree, I think Fort Worth kind of some of us aspire to be a music town, but that's one of the things that I feel like kind of holds it back from doing that. Is when you're walking around, you don't see people on the sidewalk with uh, with guitars. And, cases as much as I think you should mm-hmm. especially like Sundance Square you'd right. think surely down there you would see some people busking but I I never do and uh, very rarely on West 7th you see them you'll see them on Magnolia um, yeah I, th- I think if there was a an area that was like conducive to it it's probably around here you know yeah it, it actually it's not surprising to me at all that there aren't any in Sundance that seems like a pretty tightly regulated area it is but i think it's kind of dumb that it is though like oh, no absolutely you know, yeah like that seems like a great opportunity to showcase because right. they're doing this thing where you know where they send they'll pay your you know here at fort worth they'll pay your touring costs to go to some other city and talk mm-hmm. about how great music in fort worth is well why don't we just have them play for the tourists who are all down there on sundance square and then they can see you know that we have some well, talent i think so much of that is like uh for whatever reason there's like this pervasive stigma with busking that it's just like they're bums you know yeah and uh except for the fact that they're you, actually working for you them. retrain people <laughs> to, to lose that impression you know right because they're you know artists performing and right you know, uh, for whatever you can spare well if you were just sh- if you were just you know shaking your uh, your cup that's one thing but you're right. actually playing tunes and like you know like, i don't know <clears throat> I, I put that in a different quality Maybe I'm weird, but I don't put that in the same thing as panhandling. I guess it doesn't feel like that to me. No, and I don't think any of us. I mean, being, especially of course we're all we're all biased. So right, yeah. <laughs> uh, your, your average, you know, uh, teased-haired, you know, lady and her, you know, diamond. Karen, cuts on you're a talking Saturday about Karen. Night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she comes from a different place. Maybe so. I know. Yeah, I understand that. And I've heard that. I've heard that. Well, I don't want them, you know, begging on the street. I'm like, they're not really begging though. Right. Like, you know, they're. <clears throat> I, I think they're providing a service. Well, like when you go to New York and you're in the subways or whatnot, you know, I mean, like people are doing, that's, if you're waiting for your train, that's far better to have something mm-hmm. there that's entertaining than to just stand there staring at people, in yeah. my humble opinion. You know. Maybe it's just conditioning. Probably. You know? Yeah, we're, we're not used to it. We're not used to it around here. Um, we really haven't had that in here. And I, and I think that's, personally, I think that's something we're missing, but... I've said that about a million times on this show, so I'm <laughs> and the tens of people who are listening go, yeah, you know. So, <laughs> so it was, it was. This was a weird thing that came up um, from a songwriting perspective. There was this group of people, and I haven't verified this yet, but it sounds sounds like it's plausible. Somebody got a MIDI program and supposedly came up with all the possible melodies that you can come up with uh, using a computer, uh, uh, you know, device, and copyrighted them and then made them public domain so that in theory all of the possible melodies that were made by the 12 notes that we have in the western uh, uh, canon are now public domain i don't think that's going to stand up for a minute in court <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is a funny thought because we, i always think that every time i write a song i always think about 
how many people am I ripping off here? Right. Because I know I'm ripping off somebody. Like, this sounds familiar. And, and the trick this is not to song. not rip somebody off. It's not to be heard by the person who you ripped yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> especially if it's the Rolling Stones. Apparently. Right. Especially if it's somebody who's got some pockets, you know. But, like, I've, I've ripped off friends of mine who have ripped me off, too, because we just like each other's tunes and we're not making any money off of them anyway. But it's, it's different when you start getting cash involved. Like, years ago, we did a... Um, did Folsom Prison Blues, you know, and and I went and looked it up because to, to pay the royalty, and it's split between Johnny Cash and Gordon Jenkins. Well, they didn't co-write it. What happened was Gordon Jenkins wrote a song, and Johnny Cash kind of riffed on it to make uh-huh. Folsom Prison Blues, and then once that became successful, Jenkins sued him, and so now they have they the deal was they split it so they could have double credit or split credit mm-hmm. and because uh, music is like that, you're going to be borrowing from something, and you may not even be conscious of what you're borrowing from sometimes you know yeah. especially you got x number of chords like you say x 12 notes in the whole thing um how likely is it really that you've come up with something that nobody else has has done uh well, i found that like really fascinating with country music especially like especially in its development is i mean there were a handful of you know common melodies that yeah. were just recycled through songs right. you know over and over again and you know, how do you find who gets credit for that? And a lot of those people are know, long dead. You know, yeah. Uh, well, and especially because like so many at the time they weren't documented in any way. You know. Well, they also weren't making money off of it. Right. I and think that's that, the, yeah. That's what changes. So, like for instance, a lot of those blues melodies that Led Zeppelin grabbed uh, at the time they'd been around for years and years, but nobody had made any money off of it. Right. Them. And so suddenly they're making money. Well, now people are going. Well, I actually wrote that. You know. And well, okay. <laughs> You, you wrote it, but you wrote it. You also borrowed it from this guy, and it's hard to trace the lineage of those things. Talk about stuff like the the uh, Amazing Grace. I read a piece about that, about how the only reason why it's that melody now, it used to be you would have lyrics were on one page, and then you had melodies that were on other page, and, you, and so the song leader in any worship service would say, "Okay, we're going to do these lyrics, but we're going to do it to this melody," and so it that song those lyrics had been done to a bunch of different melodies before but they found a melody that it worked with and a lot of people right. liked so it's it gets called that now but go back and far enough and it people were doing it to a totally different melody and that's so such a good tool as a songwriter though to do yeah. that isn't with it size whatever whatever mm-hmm. song you want just mixing it up and yeah doing different patterns because something original will come out of that yeah well that's kind of why Even i like though the core thing and all that and yeah I it, but. that's why i like the guy that does that uh, takes uh major key songs and puts them into minor mm-hmm. as a guy on youtube who does that and uh i think it's pretty awesome because it kind of helps you to reimagine those songs like he did a girls just want to have, have fun made it in a, <laughs> in a minor key and it's all kind of dark and creepy yeah. And I think that's pretty cool to hear a song reimagined that way. And uh, I've off, they, they have these uh, basically song boxes that, that uh, some of these labels use where they'll pop out three or four songs that the computer wrote, and then they'll send them to lyricists uh, to try to come up with something that goes with that. And at, on, you know, on first look, that kind of makes you, as a songwriter, you kind of shrink back and go, oh my God, that's horrifying. But at the same time, you think... I don't know, maybe send me some of those, you know, like what could I come up with, with this thing that the computer spat out? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I could do something cool with it. You know, uh, there's, there's all different kinds of ways of creating. It doesn't necessarily have to be the, 
the way everybody else has done it. Yeah, everyone's got their different method of writing, and it changes too. Well, the thing is, is you know, I'm, I write different types of songs now than I did 20 years right. ago, uh, and so your process has evolved. Yeah, it has, and and it sometimes sometimes for the better and sometimes you kind of wish you could remember how you used to do it because sometimes good things came out of that but then you you hit a wall and you and you can't really push forward until you try something else Mm -hmm. until you morph um but i'm curious to see like these guys who have supposedly public domained all these melodies i i have a hard time thinking of that as being enforceable uh in any kind of realistic way for for the same reason that play stuff like uh, bmi and ascap have such a hard time yeah because they can't be everywhere and hear all the songs and know, like Shotgun Friday, we had played a, a beer festival and we they made us sign a thing saying that we wouldn't do any of the tunes that we had copyrighted and, and gotten uh, BMI representation from. Well, if the BMI rep was there, he wouldn't know. Like, our stuff is not popular enough that he would know automatically, oh, we represent those tunes, <laughs> you know. Like, you have to have the institutional knowledge to know Oh, that's one of my songs, you know. Or you have to have the device, I guess. I guess they can Shazam it and do it that way. But if you're doing a different, does that work? I don't work? think Shazam would pick it up. Does that work at a live it. gig? Does that work at a live gig? Does Shazam work that way? It depends on how close they're nailing it, I guess. I guess that's true. If they're trying to play it uh, note for note. Maybe it'd pick it up. But I think it picks up more on sound waves, uh, on the shapes so. of waves, than on. Like, it doesn't listen to a lyric, I don't think, and go, oh, right. I think yeah, that's that song. Uh, digital sound wave thump. That's, that's yeah. my impression. I, mean, I, I know nothing, but I'm... <laughs> I'm actually really curious, like, the, the claim that they've gotten devised every combination of, of, of melody. Well, like, what defines a melody? Cause well... Like, you know, I mean, are we... Is it limited to a specific number of bars or, you know, time signatures? Like, I'm fascinated by I mean, this, that plays uh, a role, you know. It's, it's, what it is is it's notes in relation to each other. The same reason why you can play the same song in a million different keys. Oh, not a million, right. but 12. You know, you, I can... Maybe the original is in E, but I can play it in A. Because what it's about is the relation of the notes to the root. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, you, you wouldn't necessarily... You could do it in 3-4 if it were originally 4-4. Four, four, and is it the same melody or are you adapting it um, for that? You know, I, there's still variations you can use and kind of make it unique. But I, I, I think it's, it's kind of an interesting bit of... of, uh, of rebellion there that uh, I don't know if it'll accomplish what they're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> there's an awful lot of lawyers in the world. <laughs> and they got to make money somehow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. The melody's just like, it's like the climax of the story you've been telling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and it's, it's more also, about feeling than like... And that's my thing, too, is that you can do... So, like, if you listen to, not to beat that horse, but, like, if you listen to like Cohen's version of Hallelujah, it does one thing, whereas Buckley's version does another thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think everybody who plays a particular song is going to give it their own little little English on it. Uh, I, I say that about Bob Dylan songs all the time. Like, I, I like to hear other people cover them because then I can kind of figure out what the melody was supposed to be. Because right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. often they'll kind of talk through the melody. Amy. Yeah, you know. And I'm like, but then I hear somebody cover it that's you know singing full voice i'm oh, okay now i see what that what that was trying to do but then is that just their interpretation or is that what the original interpretation was who knows 
don't know. I find it interesting in kind of a very, very nerdy way. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Dylan especially is one of those songwriters. That, you know, they've been covered a trillion times. And yeah. uh, you, you can breathe new life into a Dylan song that, you know, you I mean, Hendrix and, uh, you know, at all. But, um, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying there. Yeah, you can. And I think reinterpretation really is the, the soul of covers, really, right. honestly. Because I think that honestly is what separates when people talk about cover bands and they kind of dog cover bands, which kind of sucks because I've been in a few and I, I thought we had a lot of fun. But the the claim I think is that you're all derivative. You're not, but that's only if you do it note for note the way yeah. that the original artist did it. If you do it like the we had a lot of fun doing the uh, the Fort Worth Rock Assembly where we you know oh, we yeah. kind of did the the tributes to all these fairies. But of course nobody played them straight. You yeah. know I mean everybody kind of jacked them up their own particular way. That kind of makes it interesting to me, you know, because I have no, I, I'm not any good at sounding like other people, so <laughs> it's no. beneficial to me. That's got to be cool to have your song covered, though, and hear someone else it really, interpret it differently. When that happened to me, it kind of blew my, my mind, because uh, Chris Curtis was the first one that ever covered me, and it kind of was like, bruh, you know, like hearing the thing that you wrote that you've only ever heard your own voice yeah. sing. And then now he's in Sam the Lion now, and they do this big, huge version of, of it. And uh, I've kind of retired it. I've kind of been like, I'm not going to play this right. anymore because they, they've kind of owned this song now. Yeah. But I, I think that's uh, that's one of the best feelings you can have is cool. to hear somebody play your song. And and I I'm, hopefully you, you'll hear that at some yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. I think at some point somebody will be like, oh, I could do and try this, you know. But it's it's weird, though, because you fight two different things because you know how you originally wanted it to sound, but they're probably going to take a liberty with it. And you have to kind of be open-minded enough to be like, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's okay. Definitely. Like, Chris changed a couple of the lyrics, and at first I was like, what? You know. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then I, you know, I was like, okay, for him, it makes sense to change this word, you know. Um, so you, you kind of have to be be less and it's hard as a creator because sometimes you have a vision of what you feel like True. something should be and it's real hard when that vision doesn't is not the one that you originally came up with but i like so uh, rebecca joswiak um was talking about that they had somebody remix a lot of signals and alibis tunes mm -hmm. and they came back and it was kind of disorienting at first uh -huh. kind of like to hear the songs they had kind of pieced them taken them in pieces and put the pieces in different places and it was kind of like, whoa, what the, you know, it's like a naked lunch type of, uh, you know, remix blender thing, but it worked, you know, I think it, I think it ended up being pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm get, getting better at, at not uh, drawing strict lines on what's good and what's not good. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm, we're trying the new microphone set up here and it, and it, I have to admit that last week when I was playing a show in Dallas and they offered me the club mic uh, it kind of occurred to me for a minute the various headlines that are going around about the <laughs> coronavirus and whatnot. And, and I normally am not like a germaphobe for the most part, but I also remembered a seminar. You remember Andre Dre Edmondson? It's a local sound guy. He did a little seminar at the Fort Worth Music Co-op years ago talking about how you should always bring your own mic to a gig. And to demonstrate, he opened up somebody else's mic and showed you what the crap that was oh. in it you know and he picked the worst he picked the worst one that he found i don't want to speak into this mic anymore. i know right <laughs> see cleaned all of those before we could but uh thank you but yeah 
But it was kind of one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, you know, like, am I just being paranoid because the media is telling me, you know, that, uh, you know, we're all going to die. Maybe it's better to be safe than sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, you know, it's not something that I normally spend a lot of time worrying about. But um, I had thought about it. And the pros that I know, the people who do a lot of touring around, they tend to bring their own microphones. And part of that is because they know what sounds good on their voice. And so they don't, they don't want to risk getting into a place and, they got a, and somebody's got a mic that doesn't fit with, with what they're doing. But there's also, I think, probably the, the, the germ issue, you know. So that's why I gave you all condensers <laughs> so you don't have to get right up on it. But um, I don't know. Have you been conscious of that? As yeah, definitely. Of? I remember lots of times seeing the artists before me playing and just like oh, no. spit flying in the lights. I'm like, oh my God, I have to sing in it next. Gotta bring a washcloth up there. I've had exactly the same, got a guy who had a harmonica and he was just kind of you know, doing this right up on it. I was like, I, I don't know, I should have brought my. And now I do, just as a matter of course, I just do mm -hmm. it. But um, makes makes me nervous sometimes. Do you, do you have the fear, Will? Does that happen to you? You know, I don't have a fear, <laughs> but it's something to think about for sure. He does now. Yeah. It wasn't, it I'm wasn't, not invincible, so. Well, no, yeah. none of us. None of us are, certainly. But, yeah. Yeah, it actually. I have a pretty good immune system, I think. Okay, well, good. So, well, and there's the argument to be made that you're strengthening it by using other people's microphones because, the, you know, the more germs you get. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you get resistance to, the better. That's how we defeat the, the bacteria. I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> Much to everybody's benefit, I don't sing, so uh, okay, well, yeah, I don't have to worry, worry about, about it. <laughs> yeah, this uh, one of the things that had kind of so before before each one of these shows, one of the things I do is I go and research a lot of local music press just to kind of see what's what's going on, what we might be able to talk about, and I kind of found a dearth of things this last few times. Um, not that there's not writing going on, but it tends to be focused on individual bands, you know, uh, profiles of individual bands, which is nice, but there's less kind of general music news going around. And I, it seems to me, I started the show about five years ago, it seemed like there was a lot more kind of just general music news sections of like the Weekly and the Observer and uh, even like Central Track and one, and they still have those things but they seem to be smaller to me. Is that your observation as, as a member of the local music press? Is that your Well, um, to be honest, man, it's, it's, it's really kind of something we we are trying to make a concerted effort to break out of mm -hmm. uh, because you're right. I mean, most of what we do are kind of artist features. Yeah, even, which are nice. Uh, even Hearsay, which is more kind of an editorial yeah, you know, right. kind of column, has become kind of a feature junior just because of the wealth of like talent around right exactly. you know and uh we can't get to everything yeah and um I, I would i would like that you know and I, it's something that we're consciously trying to uh address because um even though there's such variation amongst the artists around town you get to be where like the paper seems kind of formulaic with mm. you know uh within the section and um you know well, and it's also the the section is of course smaller than it used to be because yeah, you know, sure. there's there's been a and that's another thing that I wondered about is maybe the shrinkage of staff you know maybe makes it where they just can't be as much coverage as as we would like you know yeah I mean a little quick hit section would be really cool though you know yeah um, and and easier to write to be honest <laughs> <laughs> probably well because yeah I mean and in, in like you'll still find that in in uh, 
like Central Track will do that and uh, Observer will do it. But for the most part, even they, even though the Observer's music section is still pretty huge. Yeah. Um, but even so, most of it is individual band profiles for the most part. And, you know, as an artist, I have no problem with individual uh, band profiles, but it would also be kind of nice to have a just kind of a, hey, what's going on generally type of thing. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, some of that may be just like, uh, and <laughs> this may be a peek behind the curtain too much, maybe the, the age of uh, the well, routine writers, no, been, you know, like, uh, you know, Steve is still super plugged in. Yeah. And he's out and around. I, I'm not so much, you know, you know I, um, we had this conversation with Eric Griffey last time he was on the oh, show really? because we, he was talking about the fact that, you know, a lot of the writers and the local scene now have have kids and families, yeah. and so they're just not around uh, where stuff is going on as much. And uh, you, know, you try to stay plugged in as much as possible, but I know how it is. You yeah. Know? Uh, well, without like social media, there'd yeah. be no way I, I would yeah. have any idea of what was going on with anybody. Well, and, and I wonder how if, if that's kind of changed the process because that used to be the thing that would happen is you would kind of get writers' age out of the of the pool, and then you'd get the new ones in. And that doesn't seem to be happening very much. And I don't know if part of it is just simply because the, the press in general is shrinking. Uh, That's so probably fewer, some of it. There's fewer I, people getting into I it. I would like to uh, shout out to uh, a couple of writers that yeah. uh, we've been uh, featuring uh, more and more uh, recently. Uh, Tyler and uh, Simone, they're both... Uh, Simone super, Carter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, both super talented. And mm -hmm. uh, we're trying to work them in more, you know, uh, because just a different voice there i mean yeah. obviously they're they're younger and uh have their ears to to things that you know maybe we don't so right and i i i'm particularly proud of simone because she's the daughter of a friend of mine and, oh, cool. and uh the, the mighty little jack melody uh who everybody should should listen to if they can but yeah simone is, is i'm real proud that she's ended up being as good a writer as she is yeah she's she's I'm, great yeah I'm, I'm super pumped to have her and around. then you kind of have writers too who do more than one paper now because it's kind of hard to yeah. to stick to like you'll get does Watkins still write for the weekly at all or it's mostly just been the yeah no Tyler writes for the observer a little bit too. yeah um but uh yeah. I don't have the time to do anything but what, right what yeah I've got, so well and that's the thing you know you, you only have it I mean I guess it's beneficial that the that the music section now is smaller because it's quicker to, to fill it than it used yeah. to be but sometimes uh, we struggle though I mean yeah. there's like either too much or you know we've kind of gone through everything we can and we're just like okay we got a lot of holes somehow we always make it work but <laughs> well it's kind of like you know like i always said you know saturday night live is like 30 minutes too long you yeah because they, they end up kind of throwing their trash sketches in there with right. the good ones and it's like sometimes the music sections in the past i'm talking about like mid 90s and whatnot were a little a little heavy you know like it was a and a lot of it was basically just ranting. <laughs> yeah. There was an aesthetic a few years ago. I think it's, I don't know if it's coming to a close, but there was the era of the the really cranky music critic who hated everything, uh, as personified generally by like Robert Wolanski. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I see less of that now. In fact, I've heard people complain about it. Like, you know, well, every time they write up a band, it's the best band that you ever heard, you know? And, well, uh, yeah, I, I kind of struggle with this because, like, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, I don't love everything that mm -hmm. I cover, but um, I don't, I don't feel my it's my place to be like a tastemaker. You know, yeah. I have my own taste. But that's funny because that's unusual. Uh, it's that didn't used to be the case. Yeah. I guess it used to be the case that 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 was what music critics 
felt like that was their job like yeah. was to filter i mean the, i'm i'm confident in my taste and i think true. like it's really good but <laughs> um <laughs> at the same time like who am i to say that you know other people shouldn't be able to get something i mean yeah we don't cover music that's bad i mean there's a reason yeah. why we're covering everything it may not be to my taste but well, um, i think that's part you know. of it is that i think because there's so much i think if you're going to spend time doing something you're not going to spend it on something you hate you're yeah. gonna you're gonna spend time writing about stuff that you that you like. Well, even if it's something I hate, like the, I, there's something there that uh, other people can appreciate. Sure. Or else we, you know, probably wouldn't be writing about it. So. Yeah, that's that's just interesting to me because I, I came up in the era of like where you could get whole whole articles, two page articles that were nothing but the guy hating on the band. You know, like <laughs> it was kind of a sport. You know, like to find a find a local punching yeah. bag and just punch the crap out of it. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine. Like Deep Blue Something came in for a lot of that back in the day. <laughs> you know? Like it was basically, you know, you know, there were there was just it became kind of a of a sport to see like who could who could pillory the the, the local hits uh, as much as possible. Well, I tried not to you know kind of fluff anything either right. i kind of just try to yeah like if you don't explain best i know how what something yeah. is and let people make their own and no and i i like that i i appreciate that y'all are doing that i just think it's it, it's still kind of funny to me yeah because <laughs> i saw it in in the old age well who's the who's the cat that has like the youtube channel with the glasses the bald guy um, he covers like all the great records. Um, oh, um, but can't think of the name. Yeah. I don't yeah. Anyway, I'm not to plug that dude, but, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, there's a I certain, mean, what amount. makes you think that you know any better than anybody else? You know, well, like, there's a certain amount of fun to be had in, in making fun of stuff that you don't like, yeah. you know, but at the same time you always have to remember, well, that's, you know, those are people too, like those and somebody likes it. Right. You know, I think it's funny when people spend a lot of time criticizing really popular acts and, you know, you have to realize that there's millions of people who like that thing, you know, even if you hate it, you know, there's, there's bands who are incredibly popular that I have no idea why they're popular because I, I can't stand them, but clearly somebody's getting something out of it. Uh, and I, it took me a long time, it took me basically most of my twenties to, to figure out that you can't tell people that they don't like something. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can, you know. but like, should you? Well, yeah, well, you know? well, well you can tell them that you're not going to convince them, though. Yeah. You know, like, you can stand there and go, you shouldn't just, like this. This is terrible. They're still going to like it, whether you. Maybe that's just age, man. Like, oh, you know, you know, it is. To a point where you're just like, <laughs> you know, I'm fine with whatever. Just do you. It's cool. Like, yeah. You know, well, and also I'm just understand. Much more opinionated as a, you know, 20 year old <laughs> about music for sure. Yeah. Well, because I think there's also. Uh, fewer things that you've heard at that time too because right. like when i hear a new piece of music now i'm fitting it in with everything i've ever heard over 46 mm -hmm. years and so i'm able to kind of see sides of it where when i was like 23 or something you know i had only heard x number of records and so like it was either the greatest thing that had ever happened or it was crap right yeah <laughs> there was no it was no in between in there right? <laughs> you know and I, I still see that sometimes. You know, people are like, oh, these guys suck. You know, I was like, well, they don't suck. They're just not your thing. Like, yeah. you know, you, you don't have to hate them if you don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to ask everybody to upon in their, on the bands they hate. <laughs> it does happen, though. Like, you wind up sometimes on bills. And you're kind of like, oh man, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's most bands' reactions when they play with us. But <laughs> oh no, 
No, <laughs> you know, it's, well, that's the thing is like, and sometimes it's like beef you don't even know about. Like I, I've, I've had it happen where I've invited people on this show and they've been like, well, who else is on it? And I'll go, oh, it's them. Maybe. Oh, no, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no. We're not going to be on this show. You know, it's like, okay. So, you know, I, I don't think I had that happen here. But <laughs> it's surprised me sometimes, like people who just, I didn't realize that there was a thing. And then in that case, it's not really about the music. It's about there's a... Yeah, you're letting something else stop you from There's a personality performing. issue that's, yeah. that's doing that. And I've had that with bands like... There was a, you know, they're they're not even around anymore. But I, I was, we used to open a lot for this other band, you know, years ago, and they were always kind of crappy to us, you know, like for no good reason. And so it kind of, and it wasn't that we disliked, the, no, 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 but it's, but it's like, it's not that there was anything wrong with their music. It was just like, you know, it was just a, it was a personality conflict. Yeah, it's kind of like I don't. They're not very fun to hang out with. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like every we would all kind of just look at each other like this and and. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that vibe. And They're I out there. No, no, no they oh, are. Yeah. And, and I do think that Fort Worth, generally speaking, is pretty good at everybody at least trying to get along. Yeah. For the Definitely. Most part. Um, even if you don't care for what the other person is doing, there's no reason to be a jerk about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like for the most part, everyone's really supportive of one another. Yeah. Well, and I think that it's actually something that kind of differentiates us from, from Dallas a little bit, because mm-hmm. I do think there's still a lot of competitiveness in Dallas oh, yeah. that ends up getting kind of kind of nasty sometimes um it does feel very clicky there yeah like i played shows there with a bunch of people at once and they were very nice to me like face front but they didn't really know me so they mm. didn't like i could feel i wasn't welcome in the circle yeah whereas yeah. here in fort worth i could walk up to a stranger and they're like oh hey have a beer <laughs> let's talk yeah so yeah. it's so yeah it's different i it's think cool it's because there's a lot of cocaine over there <laughs> I don't know if that's what it, it is. It always comes back to cocaine. It, oh, yeah, most things do. <laughs> most things in the music industry at some point come back to cocaine. <laughs> but no, I, you know, I think that there's, there are ways to appreciate music that are um, kind of intellectual more so than uh, emotional. Like there's some songs I don't have a connection with, but I can understand why they're important to somebody yeah right i can i can be like okay i'm not feeling this but i i kind of get why you're feeling it uh you know and sometimes it has to do with when it hit you you know like if you heard it when you were 14 and it was like hitting you at a really sensitive time in your life then to you that song is gold forever Mm -hmm. um or you can never listen to it again one of the two you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh to someone else who didn't have that experience you know it doesn't mean that at all to them it's just a song and, and uh, so it's kind of the, th- the things that get called classics sometimes I'm always sometimes surprised about that it became a classic but then I realized that it maybe hit hit a generation at a time when it when it was uh, you know something important was happening and so it kind of became a, an anthem for that and uh, I don't know I don't know how you ever quantify that what should become a classic and what shouldn't you know but and then you don't get to because people just, you know, people either like something or they itself, don't. It kind yeah. of or, it kind of organically becomes one or it doesn't. And you can tell which ones they are because they're the ones that the that the jukebox keeps getting loaded up with. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, I have this is something that was funny to me that uh, I went to the Poly Dogs uh, single release party or video release party thing, and they had branded hot dogs at the post <laughs> uh, for each of the members, and. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing a missed opportunity here that I think most, maybe 
Do you think more Fort Worth Bend should have specialized foods that were... Uh, <laughs> yes. Because like Quaker City be? Night Hawks has queso. That's I right. was I just thinking about this today. <laughs> I was like... Chilamundo does like grilled cheese. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like, do you... Do we... Does any... Do you have a... I don't, but I had an idea today and okay. I, I kind of don't want to give it away. Okay. All right. Well, we won't, we won't <laughs> it just came to me today though, so that's really weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think... I don't know. I don't know what the Odellatron uh, food would be. I don't well, know. so um, <laughs> an Odellatron is actually a, a type of squid. It's it's, oh. a, a, it's a scientific oh, name. The calamari. Uh, okay. So yeah, maybe calamari. You know. Oh my god. Um, okay. Although, like, it's harder to do. You know, I, I'm like for any sort of um, clever marketing mm-hmm. you know thing because like an epk or yeah. uh, whatever is just kind of boring and you've there's a billion of them so you've got to right. kind of find some way to you know get your name out there like we we have a a, a phone number like mm-hmm. that you can call and uh you know it's like an old 900 number from the 90s and <laughs> uh we're each giving stupid facts or telling <laughs> stupid stories or i don't even know what the phone number is or i'd plug it right now but uh they used yeah. to they might be giants used to have that they used to have dial a song and you could yeah. call and there would be a new song every week or something and uh yeah that's kind of fun is that the call and oats heard this oh no i didn't know that, that yeah it's the it's same thing but it's <laughs> like they just play hall and oats music so it's great <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do we have a Will Hancock food, a specific? Uh, I'm working on that. Okay, all right. <laughs> I'm working on like some pedals so you can play words with friends on stage. Oh, while wow. you're playing guitar. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get there. It'd be a lot of pe- it's a lot of pedals. <laughs> it's good for like those three hour gigs, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're hungry. I'm gonna go eat that food. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm about to chill grilled cheese, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, years ago I saw there was a punk band. And they had, you know, the standard lineup. But then they had one guy in the band whose job was to make uh, ham sandwiches and throw them out to the crowd. Oh, my gosh. And, like, that guy was the, the, that's the he's the reason I still remember that band. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. The rest of the band was fairly forgettable, but I remember the guy with the sandwiches. <laughs> like, it wouldn't surprise me to see that where it was, like, the guy's responsibility was to give, like, a members of the band ham uh, sandwiches, but to yeah. pass them out to the crowd. That's yeah. great. Give them to the audience. I think that's kind of a job security type of thing. It's kind of like the guy with the t-shirt cannon. Yeah. You know, that's some of the bigger ones. Well, those have. are fun, the guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't ever shot one, but Me I'm either. told it's kind of fun. It looks really fun. To do that. I mean, I don't know. I don't, you probably don't want to do that like in, you know. Uh, <laughs> Close proximity. Yeah, you don't want to do it in the types of places I'm generally playing. <laughs> Could you do that in the moon? Could you shoot a t-shirt cannon? I think you just like aim up. But, you know, yeah, it's so like bounces off the ceiling. Kinda yeah, land in somebody's <laughs> birdie bop. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I this one thing I've noticed a lot too is there's been a lot more uh, bars opening up that have food in them now that didn't used that's to be the great case. Idea. I think that's fantastic because people are drinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> you kind of don't want anybody to, because I've always I've always had people do that, be like, oh, I'm so drunk, I wish I had some food, you know, and they didn't have it and get to like twilight and you can get a like a eight foot freaking po boy or whatever you know and yeah. uh it would be nice if more places were, were doing that there's there are more places doing that the post is doing it um what was there was it well the moon's got the, the moon's doing the oh, birdie, doing food now? birdie, birdie thing now. or something yeah oh, that's right yeah. really good and yeah. like being a performer at these venues yeah. with the food is great because yeah. you don't right. eat before 
you got well, a bunch of stuff going on and I, I can't tell you there. how many times I've gotten to the gig and I've been like oh crap I forgot to eat yeah because I was f- focused on getting all my crap yeah. together to get to the show and then I'm like well now I'm here and people are buying me shots and that's going <laughs> to become a problem uh-huh. here at some point <laughs> we went to Memphis our recording at Sun and freaking hadn't had anything to eat and so our washboard player is sitting there just drinking these these temptresses you know like these beers and eventually we're just like oh we don't have any food and starts we start knocking stuff around <laughs> like you don't want to do that in sun studio you know but um yeah i, th- I think it's a good development it's certainly better than the uh, than the candy machines that, that you know right like if they have a snickers oh i mean you know it's funyuns nobody at a bar should be eating funyuns <laughs> in close proximity with each other and trying to pick people up and whatnot you know <laughs> it, it was always um the 7-eleven next door to the rec room when it was there oh yeah and, yeah. and you know, you'd always like load in and yeah. then hit the 7-eleven for so you gas get the quality food there. yeah you get the you know, <laughs> gas station <laughs> the gas station hot dogs may, maybe use their restroom because the one at the rec was yeah not so it was great. absolutely wrecked yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's yeah that's somebody who had said that the other day like that's that's a good way to boost your immune system is occasionally eating a gas station hot dog just to, you know, toughen it up a little bit. Well, you just get the ones that are nice and they have that, like, kind of leathery texture. Because <laughs> that way, you know, it they seals, like, It yeah. seals the bacteria in. <laughs> so you can't... Uh, <laughs> and a lot of places will just bring food truck for... Uh, Which is cool. And it, I see it all the time. Yeah, well... And it's just little run-down food trucks, but, man, sometimes it's the much. Best. Yeah, you don't need much. Well, and, and then you have the places that take you to the next level, like the truck yard, which has a bunch of food trucks kind of arrayed around it and a little stage thing in the middle, uh, which is a pretty cool concept, you know, just to go ahead. And it's that's funny to me, too, because when I was a kid, like, food trucks were thought of as, like, the that's the last place you wanted to eat. They called them the roach coach, you know, like it was it was really crappy stuff. But now we have the artisanal uh, um, uh, food trucks, which are a different it's type of animal. all rage right now. I know, I know. It's a, well, and some of them are getting big enough that they can open physical locations yeah. and things like that. So. Yeah, Taco Heads started that way. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... It, well, and Haim, I think, uh, you know, started as a food truck, and, and uh, so yeah. it's kind of... Hurtado, that's, I guess they're mm-hmm. in Arlington, but... Um, yeah, that's kind of cool, though. I, that's a busking opportunity right there, to play yeah, outside the sure. food truck. Oh, uh, see, they would love that. I'm going to try that now. <laughs> find me a good food truck and do it like that. Would make, that would make certain people happy. You know what a good busking spot is? What's up? It's not in Fort Worth. If you go to South Lake Town Square. Really? Nobody will say anything to you. Hmm. There's good corners to find some good acoustics, and there's hmm. rich people walking around everywhere. Oh, and a bunch of them are kids need. with cash their parents there gave them. There you go. Them. There you go. They're like, I want to give you money. <laughs> it's great. Uh, okay. Oh, good. That's <laughs> little, a good, little secret. That's a good tip. I hadn't thought about that. We did a thing at the, at the Dallas truck yard, and they had a... a team of these cheerleaders that were in town from Atlanta and they had just won this big cheer competition and so they were all hyped and they dumping money in the tip jar like crazy these teenagers we had to kind of shame the adults like you know you guys <laughs> <laughs> these kids have already given us more than you guys have. <laughs> but you know you don't want to sh- you know, so shame your audience like that but no. sometimes it's fun one time I was busking in South Lake and mm. a limo of that sweet and sassy company drove by oh, do you yeah. know what that is mm-hmm. it's like that 
like little girls get ready for parties and they yes. do their hair and they take them on a limo ride and these girls are hanging out the window <laughs> and they see me playing guitar and this one girl has like a wand in her hand and she's like can we give her money <laughs> i'm like yes please pull over <laughs> that's what you gotta do wow that's a thought yeah was that in south lake also? yeah it was in south lake okay i'm missing my my opportunity there that's and you'll a, meet other buskers out there i'm sure if they figured that out also are they territorial about it no actually everyone's like pretty good with sharing like some guy will come after me and i'm like okay i'll let you go on and vice versa because i ran into that in new york a little bit with people who had had the same spot for years or something and if you if you got there before they did they would like hey man that's my spot and i'm like well you don't have like a deed or anything to it (laughs) no i think everyone there's very much first come first serve you get it yeah yeah yeah, you know that's cool that's good because i don't wake up early so yeah not having to fight for it it's nice (laughs) (laughs) well if we were going to find out more about uh the yokio business and all that where where, where, where do we go on the interwebs so we have a website now yokiomusic.com um and it'll take you to like links to all of our streaming platforms where our ep is streaming and we're gonna have some new singles coming up too okay um, and then you can follow us on Instagram at Yokio Official and Yokio Babe is my personal one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Just all look that. Up the yeah. Where do we go to find out more about your adventures, Mr. Higgins? Um, so, yeah, fortworthweekly.com. You can uh, read my stuff there. Um, and for Odelatron, uh, Facebook, uh, we have uh, a new double single uh, coming out uh, in April cool. uh, that we're super pumped about. So, uh yeah. Nice. And uh, for Mr. Will Hancock, where, where do we go? Oh, man, you know, I just thing? right now just have, I still have my band side on Facebook. It's uh, Will okay. Hancock and the Blood Moon Bandits. Very nice. And um, we have some shows coming up, actually. Uh, Woodshed. Cool. Um, Are you playing Woodshed? May, That's June, cool. July. Yeah, like, yeah. About six, you know, it's got a book's random shows, so. Okay. I gladly take them. Jones? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's random. I like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super random, too. Well, uh, one of the things we like to do uh, on the barbershop is to have local artists cover local artists. Uh, we are having Mr. Will Hancock. Uh, who, who are you covering there? You know what? I'm going to do a Garrett Owen song. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, met him just years ago, and yeah. we all just sat in awe at this little dive bar, and like, man, he's going to... He's got to make it somehow. He's, yeah. blow, he's blowing up. He's oh, doing, sure. Doing he's pretty amazing. Well. So. We, we had him on the show back before he was a thing, and uh, and uh, he ain't returned my calls since then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no kidding. We talk I'm kidding. Infrequently, yeah. but um, <laughs> I had like one showcase artist when I was doing like a Red Goose for years, and he was the only one who came. No. It was like the third, fourth, and then I was like, ah, I'm squashing that. Nobody's going <laughs> to. But he came. Oh, Garrett's a solid guy. He was guy. the best, yeah. Garrett's a solid guy. Well, that's cool. Um, so Will's going to play us a tune. Grab a guitar. Uh, yeah, and make sure to visit our sponsor, Lee's Book and Tea Shop. That's where we are doing this uh, this performance. This is not a performance. This is a, a, a podcast. <laughs> and um, also find us on the Face Space, uh, Barbershop Fort Worth. And uh, check out all of our guests online, wherever ye may find them. And Mr. Hancock's got his. Uh, it's been quite a while. It's been quite a while. Has I've done this one for sure. <laughs> That'll it's be somewhere different. But, uh, just do it open here. Which so which Garrett Owen tune is this? This is um, Razorblade Families. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Cool. Uh, all right, Mr. Will Hancock.
tired of the way we never sleep I'm growing tired of the way we never speak So why don't we stare at ourselves in dirty mirrors It's one way to avoid our reflections getting clearer Come home late enough to only say goodnight You stick around long enough to only say goodbye You got a razor blade family I got a shotgun story We got what you'd call sadness But it ain't sad enough Walls and blank stares. The psych ward loves me too. You can learn it's late. I already have you. Blue walls and blank stares. The psych ward loves me too. You can burn it's late. I already have got a razor blade family I got a shotgun story We got what you'd call sadness But it ain't sad enough Yay! The Barbershop is sponsored by Lee's Book and Tea Shop. Visit them at 120 St. Louis Avenue in Fort Worth. <laughs>